Yeah, and it, it actually, from the studies I, I've looked at, it ha it was underreported. Now, remember, take everything with a grain of salt. I retired five years ago. Things could have changed a little bit in that five years. But I was a domestic violence uh, liaison for the county with our team. So I did get to speak with a lot of the volunteers, some brave victims that would come and tell their story and got to see some of the numbers. And it, like, unfortunately, like sexual assault is like that three and five, one and two and five area of the uh, incident that actually gets reported. Uh, with the permission, I wanted to go over like maybe eight or nine. I wrote down actual signs that if you see a, a, a friend, a team member, a coworker, somebody you worship with, your neighbor, your loved one that's experiencing one or any of these, those might be signs. Those might be signs. Investigate, look into it, find out what's going on, and offer that person help. This is Corey Jones with the Be Ready with Safety Man podcast. Join us every week for a new podcast. Follow us everywhere podcasts are played and on YouTube, Be Ready with Safety Man. This is Corey Jones. All right. Welcome back to another Safety Man podcast, November 2023 edition. I'm Ida Hoagie, and I'm here with the main man, as always, Corey. Safety man, safetyman.co at safetyman.co on all social media. Do us a favor. We love putting these videos together for you every so often. There are things that are either near and dear to our heart, things that we really care that we want to make better. Sometimes there are things that are just fun and we like to get your opinion. But in order for more people to see them, we'd love for you to hit that subscribe button, share it, comment on it, um, follow it, you know, send it to your friends to help us let us know. Give us a comment, even if you don't want to do it publicly. Just let us know how we're doing. We, we just want to make you happy. That's what we're here for. It's a dream. So, so what do we got today, Hoagie? Well, holidays are coming up, and mm. that means that, um, you know, there's a lot of good times, but there's also a lot of tough times for people. Uh, causes stress and financial problems, and people start drinking more and getting out of shape and you know there's a lot of things that are happening and a lot of that unfortunately develops into problematic relationships mm -hmm. um so want to talk a little bit about that with you you get your thoughts on you know domestic violence and things that maybe you've seen over the years maybe good bad ugly things that you know positive recommendations and things like that so kind of figure we jump into it and see where we go from there yeah uh, you hit the nail on the head hoagie with the, the amount of emotion that's going on between now and let's just say a couple of days after New Year's is going to be high. You know, the economy's struggling. We got a lot of chaos in, in the world. It's chaos within America. We're in an election season coming out of a pandemic. People are polarized. There's definitely incidents of, of emotional or PTS that are affecting people, whether or not they were first responders. So you take all that together and then we have to try to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak, and, and still make the holidays happen for ourselves, or certificate another, our kids, our work people or whatever. So that does create stress. I've seen that in my career. When we've gone to Christmas Day, Christmas Eve calls, people fighting, people arguing, people unfortunately having that spousal abuse or domestic violence relationship. So today we're going to talk about some signs, uh, some ways that uh, you can get help, uh, some of the stigma attached to it, and what the likelihood of the punishment is for the abuser or the uh, the, uh, the the basher? All right. Yeah, um, and I think on top of that too, with just the financial, you talked about it for a second, but you know, the inflation's on the rise, and the amount of prices for mortgages and rents through the roof. So this is going to be a really tough year for a lot of people, and you know, um, I, I think that has a lot of 
bearing on our society as well. So I, I don't know what the numbers off the top of my head are, but I'm assuming that these certain things like this domestic violence is probably on the rise around November, December, probably the worst years. I mean, worst time of year. I mean, I'm me personally, I know that I've seen this time of year be tough. So I can just assume that that's probably the overall general uh, trend. Yeah. And I know it's probably tough just because it's just the emotion, right? You're going there for the Thanksgiving party. The kids are home from school for whatever. And it's just so much emotion there. It's what it's uh, we're not no way or Anthony and I are ever going to try and mitigate any kind of a domestic violence situation. But when it's just so emotional, like at a birthday party or having for to forbid to be at a funeral or a wedding, you could just imagine that additional emotion that we're going to have to deal with. We have to make it safe, but we still get affected by it. You know, we still get affected by a broken uh, family event there. Yeah, for sure. What what are, I guess, what are some tips you would say going into domestic violence, things to prevent it maybe or whatnot? Act early, act early, uh, look early, check with your friends early on, you know, and get your friends to be introduced to do a deep dive on social media, whatever they got to do to your prospective significant other. Nip that in the bud. Do that background investigation, just like you were hiring somebody, just like you're getting a babysitter or a dog sitter. You know, find out what this type of person really is. You know, find out how he treats. They always say you find out how somebody treats the server at a restaurant, somebody who treats somebody who's in a, quote, lower socioeconomic strata than they are. That can give you indicators of how he's going to be. See how he reacts with uh, adversity, you know, can't find a parking spot, gets pulled over by the police. You know, the first argument you have, see how that goes. Yeah. Look, look for those red flags early, I guess you would say, you know. Yeah. I mean, I guess especially with social media, there's just so much more information out about someone. I mean, and here's the thing. There's a lot of fake information because you're going to see all the pictures of them smiling and at the beach and all the good times. But I'm sure if you dive deep enough, you are going to find either the red flags and, you know, kind of decide of, okay, is this what I want to be a part of? You know, how, how big are these red flags and whatnot? Yeah. And you said something earlier that this is going to be a tough year. I, I want to take that one call, put a semicolon after and say forewarned is forearmed, right? If we know that we're going to potentially have these struggles or our friends or family or neighbor or team members or coworkers, the people we worship with, if we know that they may be going through this quietly or that we can see just give them a little more grace. Be there for them. You know, generally get them in a private place. Hey, how's it going? How are you? No, seriously, talk to me. So, you know, get involved in your friends. Get involved with your family. Get involved with your team, your teammates, because sometimes these things spiral so out of control, other people get hurt. And we certainly don't want that either. Yeah, it's tough, too, because especially like workplaces, you know, it's like, where's the line of when you want to get involved in someone else's situation? And, and it's, you know, it's very it's very difficult trying to get involved in these things. Um, even for family and friends, you know, it's like, where's the limit, you know, at what point do I jump in and what point do I do nothing? Or, and I think, I think one thing that's tough too, is sometimes you see that and then you try to help the person and they go down that circle of violence and they just keep getting involved. And it, it, it is a very difficult thing to try to intervene on as an outsider, not even talking as police. I'm just talking about like as an outsider. Yeah, exactly. But you, you still got to look at yourself in the mirror, right? You still got to lay down your head overnight. And yeah, we're not perfect. There's nothing that uh, Bogey and I are going to be able to tell you that is the perfect answer. Short of kidnapping 
somebody and getting them physically away from that, which some situations that may be the answer. I would definitely check with legal counsel before you did something <laughs> that extreme, because that is a, that is a third or second degree crime punishable by imprisonment of 10 to 15 years. So pop, this is not, pop up. Do not kidnap. Yeah, do not kidnap. But you understand, you understand yeah, yeah. the point. There's that movie that came out where that guy was going down and rescuing uh, little children that were parts of uh, human trafficking. And we got uh, people over there in uh, Israel that are renditioning in a good way, renditioning our American citizens and sympathizers and people who want to get out of Gaza, West Bank and other places over here. So there is a time and a place for it, but definitely check with the legal thing. With, uh, exactly. with with somebody legal and get them involved in it. You know, whether you want to get power of attorney over this person, if they're really not making good choices. But the best thing is just pay attention, be honest with them, um, be prepared to talk to another professional, maybe first a domestic violence response team, a domestic violence counselor, a social worker, somebody who's involved in that, who knows what the typical answers are. I got this, it's good, it was a one and done, it was a slip, it was a whatever. So you can be best prepared for it. I yeah, I so I just want to talk a little bit about maybe your experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, how you know how often do you think you were dealing with domestic violence when you were on the job? So if I worked uh, forty hours a week, so let's say I worked four days a week, at least two or three of those nights, my platoon was involved in a domestic where it was really close to being an arrest. Even after the must arrest policy, it was it was just close enough that there were signs of injury or signs of a crime. So we were we but if it was a little bit farther away, whereas people who were just the relationship wasn't going good right now. And it caused the police to have been who have been called by either one of them or a neighbor or a concerned citizen, even more often than that, even out at places, at restaurants, at hotels, at the water parks in town and things like that. So we were we were out there quite often, quite often. Fortunately, we were able to to uh, get the people to stop. Uh, uh, acting negatively towards each other for some time, recommend some counseling services, but we can only do so much. Yeah. I I think people don't, it's one of those things where until like, I hate to say it, like someone's murdered or like seriously, you know, kidnapped or really injured. uh, It's kind of downplayed about how much actually police involvement there is. I mean, domestic violence and mental health are like two topics that police are constantly dealing with. And, And I don't think it's just, you know, you're on a municipal level and myself, and I think people don't realize that, you know, it's across the board. It really doesn't matter where you're at. You're going to probably deal with this unless you're on like high end, you know, administration or something. But if you're working even, even as like um, a trooper on the uh, main highways, yeah, you're going to stop yeah, a car yeah. and they're going to be arguing in the car, you know? So yep, yep. I think it's under, reported i don't say underreported but it just it's not as big as people think they think police and from the outside they don't realize like yeah a lot of the stuff they're dealing with mental health domestic violence yeah I, and it, they, it actually from the studies i i've looked at it it was underreported now remember take everything with grain of salt i retired five years ago things could have changed a little bit in that five years but i was a domestic violence uh liaison county with our team so i did get to speak with a lot of the volunteers some brave victims that would come and tell their story and got to see some of the numbers and it like unfortunately like sexual assault is like that three and five one and two and five area of the uh incident that actually gets reported uh with the permission i wanted to go over like maybe eight or nine i wrote down actual signs that if you see a a, a friend a team member a co-worker somebody you worship with your neighbor your loved one that's experiencing one or any of these these might be signs those might be signs investigate look into it find out what's going on and offer that person help 
Uh, yeah, go for it. Let me let me hear what we got. Would be physical injuries, just unexplained physical injuries, right? You know, bruises, broken bones. And, you know, when you ask them about it, oh, I fell. And then you ask them a week later, oh, I bumped into something. And the second one would be controlling behavior. That's a significant other is controlling behavior, constant monitoring of whereabouts. You know, when the, when the phone rings, the person's like all scared. And, oh, no, I'm over here. And they're, they're acting sheepish. Those are signs of someone that's in a controlling relationship. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I've seen that unfortunately, and um, you know, I've seen people like that, and they're like, oh, you know, it just it builds more trust if I'm doing this and doing that. I'm like, and then I've seen them where they end up in divorce afterward. In fact, anyway, I'm like, this is just not. If you don't have that trust in your partner, uh, where you're on them twenty four seven, I mean, it's just it's gonna spiral downward. You're you're one hundred percent correct. It is, it is, uh, and these those lead to the next two that I'll go into is emotional abuse, right? So if you're controlling. And you're physically hurting somebody just the threats before during and after the fake apologies the begging the uh, gaslighting and all those different things it's going to lead to emotional abuse there's criticism insults insults belittling isolating them from friends right we've all ta- heard this right the new word now i think is uh there's gaslighting right and uh being a narcissist would be another word that that is being thrown around to talk about that that personality type that is frequent to do this and then number four would be intense jealousy Right, intense jealousy, and I got in all honesty say something. This is the, something that I struggled with growing up until I, you know, realized that you know I can't I can't control anything but a puppy. You know, the puppy's the only thing I say come is always going to come back. If I'm trying to do that in a relationship, I'm probably doing it wrong. Right? Really? Because my dog doesn't live, listen to me like half the time, so I, can't, <laughs> I don't have control over that. <laughs> Yeah. So another one would be threats and intimidation, threats and intimidation. Right. And those threats could be veiled. They could be, you know, monetary threats, physical threats, time threats. Unfortunately, people are using intimacy as a threat or the lack of intimacy as a threat, uh, releasing personal, potentially embarrassing or damaging information or photographs. That's happening a lot now where they're doing either deep fakes or actual photographs that they took when they were happy. And now they're either blackmailing or just going out after the breakup and and doing that. And that is still an act of domestic violence. So uh, could you go back and uh, maybe go give the actual definition of what is domestic violence under New Jersey? Or we could put the actual law in the, in the links where people could. I can put the, yeah, I can put the laws in the links down below. Um, But I mean, you know, it's anytime that pretty much um, you have two adults. Now there is some kind of caveats to that. Um, It could be, you know, there's a whole thing where it could be a juvenile dating an adult. They could be, um, have a child together, they could be pregnant, you know, so there's a lot of things, but the general is two adults that had some kind of physical or dating relationship. And that includes one night stands like that, any kind of physical relationship. Um, and then at that point, you know, it opens the doors to things like harassment, stalking, threats, violence, um, you know, all kinds of things at that point. But and the basic is, is two adults that have a dating relationship. But like I said, there is juvenile stuff in there that with an adult, there's a lot of little things, but it's basically, that's the general thing is having an issue between two consenting adults. Now, on top of that, it could also be people that live together. They don't necessarily have to be dating. If they have a relationship where they have, um, they're sharing a bedroom or a room. Like college, or college roommates in a dorm or something? Yes. So if they're sharing an area together, then yes, that can fall under that thing now if it's completely separated and they have separate entrances and they have no connection and there's no general lobby or like a shared kitchen or shared area yeah then maybe it's probably not going to fall under there there's a little bit of gray in those spots but for the most part if there's shared living areas that you're living with someone 
generally it's going to fall under that topic. Right, right. And regardless of if you're at not least, sure, we still need to be safe and still report it, right? Yeah, New Jersey, yeah. you know, every state is a little bit nuanced in the way there is no federal statute that I'm aware of on domestic violence. It would fall under, you know, uh, violating somebody's civil rights for uh, the, the next ones I was going to talk about would be isolation or forced confinement, right? That violates federal law and it also violates New Jersey law. Uh, forced sexual act, right? So sexual assault, aggravated sexual assault or the threats thereof would be considered uh, domestic violence. We already talked about gaslighting and so forth. Uh, and, and and just 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 being a bully, just being a bully. I mean, you can you'll be able to pick up on these things. If they're not genuinely, ha- genuinely happy, get your friend help. If your friend bought a dog and the dog was biting your friend every other day and it was getting infected, <laughs> would you tell your friend to get rid of the dog or at least have a conversation about it? It's yeah. the same thing, you know? It's the same thing. I, I would say too is that if you're a pretty passive person, um, I would say that pr- I would assume that most places uh, of business probably have some kind of HR rep that is trained in spotting these things. So I would say at minimum, you should at least report it to your HR. And you might say it's not work related. I don't want to get involved, but leave an anonymous tip on their desk because they usually have resources access to things to maybe reach out and get them help and you're like i don't feel comfortable getting involved but there definitely needs to be something because there's ways of reporting things anonymously today you know that at least get someone involved and kind of start looking into it a little bit and say hey you know there is a problem here yeah absolutely so yeah that eap that employee system program you can do it anonymously or you could do it uh face to face whatever you want to do but if if, however you're going to do it just make sure you really document it really well in this date and time what the witnesses were if there are any cameras that captured the event what was said done you know who said it all the things that were going there before and everything it just and just make sure you're really thorough about that documentation so it can't be taken out of context um write it down um, like I said, if you don't have to sign it, you can put the X at the bottom and an X at the top, take a picture of it, keep it on your phone. So, you know, that's yours. So if something does come back, you can prove that it was yours, but you're not going to come out of, you're still going to remain anonymous at the initial part of it, because you yeah. do have to look at yourself in the mirror. If somebody takes their own life, if somebody takes the life of one of your coworkers or worse becomes an active shooter, like up in Maine, and you thought you could have stopped it, that's really going to weigh heavily on you. And that's the thing, too. You don't have to go there. You don't have to be the hero to break up the fight at the house. But, like, if you report it, I know if it's, you know, obviously, if it's reported to the police uh, department, at least in New Jersey, uh, they're going to at least investigate. At minimum, they're going to investigate. You know, they may not do a full-on response, but they're going to at least pull someone aside, call someone, get there. They got to do at least something uh, to see because, you know, uh, they have their due diligence as well to get things done. And, you know, that's one of them. So if it's reported to a police department one way or another, somebody at the department is going to at least investigate on some level. Exactly. And now that most cops, most law enforcement officers are wearing body worn cameras, if, uh, if, uh, if they either capture video or they capture audio of somebody reporting, admitting to, alluding to, alleging or showing evidence of a domestic violence crime or an offense, they must take action. Now it's yeah. not even their yeah, discretion anymore. It is a must take arrest. Otherwise, that officer w- w- would likely get disciplined, potentially fired, and maybe even criminally charged and civilly charged if he or she fails to take action of something that is clearly captured on that body worn camera. So just understand that th- that they wanted cameras. We have cameras, so cameras are forcing and causing officers to to, to enforce the law. What we're trained to do. 
Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of muscle arrests, um, mm -hmm. you know, signs of physical violence, and you know that, that generally leads to at least a, a minimum of arrest. Now they might not have it get a restraining order and things like that. That's a whole other story, but uh, at least to the arrest port. And I think the side of it too, just to jump off a little bit, but um, people don't realize that domestic violence is actually one of the most dangerous responses for police as well. I mean, I know traffic stops are up there, but I would argue that statistically domestic violence is probably number one when you break down. Because if you think about it, there's probably a ton more traffic stops than there are domestic violence responses. So when you break down to the actual like average of the response, I would say domestic violence is probably one of the most mm -hmm. dangerous calls for a police officer. Yeah. Again, because of those emotions. Right. And at one point, the victim is so upset and scared and does not like the attacker and then the attackers may be a sole source or a large source of financial emotional support uh, similar to the stockholm syndrome and then once law enforcement starts to take enforcement action that victim can then turn on law enforcement and, and physically assault lie make up chart make up uh, false allegations get it in a um an internal affairs investigation. So again, if we're uh, investigating properly, doing your job properly, you could protect yourself from those things, but you, you do still have to respond tactically there. So, all right, Anthony, what, what happens? I call, I make the complaint, the police come, they arrest my attacker for punching me in the nose. He or she going to jail? Well, <laughs> <laughs> 10 years ago? Yeah, probably. Um, now, maybe not um it depends it depends so it depends on first off what kind of victim statement you're going to get you know so always try to get a statement now with body cameras that could just be a recorded statement of the victim you know obviously uh to go along with it if there's a restraining order involved with it as well you know that can play in part and victims in the state of new jersey have the right to um apply for that and they can apply 24 7. so if it's during the week monday friday generally speaking depending on the county they have to go to the county court after hours, emergencies, um, you know, holidays, weekends, they can come down to their local police department, any police department, too. That's the thing. Uh, I think there's a lot of confusion there where people are like, oh, I have to go to this town or that town. You know, it's like, no, I mean, that they might, the town that's like living where you're living or whatever might end up taking the full case. But initially, the initial response can be any anybody at any time exactly yeah the goal is to get to get the victim assistance and direct the victim assistance with as minimal travel as possible so that victim doesn't change his or her mind about making this very traumatic emotional report uh to law enforcement there so uh this is not going to be a short process right if i decide to pick up 911 from the time i pick up 911 to report that domestic violence to the time my abuser is let's say um, got a restraining order out of the house. That's going to be a few hours, right? Yeah. It, I mean, I'm going to say on average, you're looking on a good night, three hours, minimum, minimum three. Does that, does it seem fair? Does that? Yeah. Yeah. Seem... Yeah. That seems about right. Yeah. That's a, and that's a, that's a minimum, like clean yeah. cut, like yeah. situation. Like, you know what? Cause half the time, a lot of other things come into play. People realize like there's usually drugs involved. There's usually maybe weapons in the house that be recovered. So there's usually, yeah. Yeah. A ton of other things that go involved with those things or they yeah. can't find a ride to come get them or, you know, so there's just there's a yeah. lot that goes into those. Yeah. And those we're not things. mitigating any of these things. Every one of these things that, that uh, uh, Hoagie and I were talking about that the abusers do are reprehensible, you know, 
so we're not mitigating or downplaying any of those things. We're, we're, what we're trying to do is just educate you of all the other things that you have to be prepared for. So one is definitely document. When you're ready to make that report, document, document, document. Even if you're looking in your phone and just saying, the first time that he hit me, the first time that she scratched my car, the first time that they did this, then the second time, then the reason I'm calling today is, that way you have it ready, ready to go. You can show it, you can play it for the judge when they're doing that. And that really goes far into believability and it helps you when, even though you're getting emotional, it helps you get out all the important things to make the, to hopefully encourage the judge to grant your restraining order, uh, grant bail, put this person behind bars if he or she decide, uh, needs to be there. I would say too, on a minimal level for the victim, uh, I know a lot of them, you know, they go, oh, I, I don't want him locked up. I don't want this. And, you know, once they report certain things, though, please also, we have to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that, like, you know, one great thing is that they have now the domestic violence response teams. Mm-hmm. And so even if you don't feel comfortable speaking to an officer about certain things, uh, most departments offer this. Uh, I think, you know, at least our county did uh, where they would come out and speak to the victim one-on-one confidentially for certain things that they could speak to them confidentially about certain things. They obviously have to report right away. Right. Um, but yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're like looking for advice, reach out, you know, and say, Hey, you know, uh, you know, is there any kind of domestic violence response team? Is there, uh, you know, inquire because I guarantee there probably is. Yeah. Yeah. There's those, there's private organizations. There are a number of uh things out there i'll plug one of them forever your overwatch forever your overwatch they're on my tv show tv show before and protection from abuse i work with both of them they care immensely about their uh their victims and survivors of domestic violence and human trafficking forever your overwatch and protection from abuse they will do exactly what it says they're going to they're going to help you with securing your property making an escape plan navigating the process not just the initial go in the court, but if you have to go back to court three weeks later, they'll provide protection and security for you to do that if this person is truly a violent individual. So they, and all free of charge. They get grants think, from different states. I think one thing I hear a lot too is people will say, you know, he pays the bills. I can't do this because I can't leave. He pays this. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of victims have to realize that there is a lot of things out there to help get housing, secure things. There's a lot of different programs out there that specifically assist with this to help you make that escape plan because that i think that's one of the binding factors is that especially again we go back full circle here uh people are financially struggling and they're like i have to live here because i can't afford to just move out and go live on my own so i'm gonna have to deal with his crap or her crap you know um, because i'm stuck here yeah and i think it it is still accurate that if a a mortgage payer say both people paying on a mortgage and one person based on a restraining order leaves a home that they are not allowed to stop paying on the mortgage and certain utilities. I know the upkeep of the home and property are still required in most restraining orders. So if it's not automatically in there, make sure you put that in your restraining order that the upkeep of the property, um, you know, the, the homeowner's insurance, any um, uh, the mortgage, heating, air conditioning, electricity, all those different things, they, they have to be up, up kept. Like if you had painters coming out to do the walls, that might be done. But, you know, the, the general bills of the house to keep it up have to have to be done. Yeah. And then, you know, kind of go back a little bit, too. I think, you know, I don't want to say victim responsibility. I don't want to make it sound worse you know, than it is. But I think if you see those red flags starting, you know, I think taking personal responsibility of getting help yourself 
plays into this. Like, for example, getting mediation, getting a counselor, you know, start things that might help the relationship before it gets down that path. Again, I don't want to victim shame at all. That's all I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that if you see some red flags, start working on them early, start trying to fix them. And then if they don't, then, you know, get out of there. But, you know, waiting till it's too late to speak up or get a counselor or get a therapist or get marriage counseling, you know, sometimes things are just too far gone to be saved, you know? And if it's someone that you really love and you care about, then you should be able to be comfortable about trying to get help early before it gets to the police level and all those things. Yeah. Yeah. And trust all those buttinskis, right? Trust them, at least listen to them and, and listen to what they have to say. Don't cut them off. Um, ask more questions. When did this happen? What did you actually see? What can you compare it to? How did you see it? Um, how did you think it made me feel? What did it look like? Cause I'm not really aware of it. You might be in defense mode. You might be under stress. You might be blocking it out. There might be a lot of things going on inside of you emotionally and you may not have read this potential indicator of, of domestic violence like uh, an outside party did. So really, really speak with them privately and get all the information because hearing it that way may make you make a different choice. You're like, wow, I really looked that afraid or he or she or this or that was really said. I didn't even really pay that much attention. I just kind of tuned it out and you make that uh, choice early. Yeah, for sure. It's a tough topic. It is. It really is. Because uh, it affects everybody one way or another. Um, and, you know, it's really difficult for there, there's not easy solutions. And it's frustrating, too, um, to deal with because, you know, on, as a police level, there's only certain that we, we, we want to fix everything. Right. You know, we always talk about that. We're here to fix everything. And it's like we all see the situation's crappy. We all see like the the quick answer is like this person should leave this person. But like, you know. I mean, you probably dealt with some of the same relationship domestics every six months, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. it's tough mentally as a, an officer to deal with those things, too. People don't realize that, too. It's like I'm constantly going out to this, like, you right. know, and it's right. bearing on me and I'm getting frustrated with them. They're not listening. I'm trying to offer them help and they don't want to take it. Like those things are, I think, on the opposite are mentally bearing on the people helping, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Take advantage of your agency's resiliency program. Talk to a chaplain, talk to uh, the master resiliency officer to get that off your chest because yeah, you're, you're right. Hoogie. There's many times uh, I've gone to to families my entire career. I mean, I've seen them for 20 years going back, going back, going back, going back, you know, then, then dealing with their children and, and, they're now consumers of, of the criminal justice system. And it's just it's sad, you know, it's sad. Yeah, for sure. Um, any other tips or advice you want to give? Anything else? Uh, you? Just do the same background that you do on all those social media apps on, on Tinder or Match or Plenty of Fish. You know, you look at all the pictures, you read all the stuff and you do that. You know, you want to make sure you're compatible, but make sure you're fully, completely compatible, not just the butterflies and and, the, and all that stuff. They're pretty small, but you got to look at look at everything. Got to look at everything. Yeah. Look out for those red. Look out for red flags early and often. Yep. Early yeah. and often. Um, if you guys are watching and you're watching from other states, feel free to comment down below some of the things that your states do, because um, certain things do and do not apply. Like, for example, I'll just throw it out there. Like, I know New Jersey accepts all restraining orders from all states. Mm-hmm. So if you have an active restraining order in another state, uh, New Jersey will, um, you know, they'll take that as face value and accept it uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. Um, but other states might. So if you're moving and things like that, so there's different things. So let us know in comments, like what your states do, 
different things that you've seen or heard or things that have helped or worked or whatnot or other free agencies drop them down below feel free to drop some uh legit websites down below too if you got some maybe we'll check them out yeah please please like i said we'll put the state statute to uh, domestic violence in there so everybody can kind of understand how that goes we'll drop that down in the description and we'll drop those two that we talked about forever your overwatch and uh protection from abuse both of those are in there so anybody's in a, a potentially domestic violence relationship can call any one of those you can say you heard it from us you can say you just googled it, it doesn't matter we don't get kickbacks from it we just want people to be safe get help and get out of a potentially violent situation so they can live their life especially when there's kids involved yes 100 percent yeah so like well, follow listen share subscribe especially this one you never know who this can help yes um and we appreciate all the support. And again, let us know what what would you like to hear us talk about? Again, we're not being paid to say this. This is just our friendly conversations each month and, uh, you know, kind of getting some ideas off our chest and what we think. So, all right. Thank you, Corey. And um, enjoy Thanksgiving. And I will uh, I'll see you on the next one, man. You got it, brother. Stay safe. And like always, train now.